Good morning, YM. Um, what an amazing day to be here. I'm really excited. And uh, finally, I get to be in L5. And uh, first of all, I want to wish Selamat Hari Raya to all of you. And second of all, happy birthday, YM. It's our sixth year. We are very, very happy and excited. Although the situation and circumstances are such um, that we cannot be together, it doesn't change the fact that all of you are part of YM and we all together are celebrating God's goodness and the birth of this ministry six years ago. And this service is special simply because we wanted to, I wanted to come back to L5 hoping to show you this wonderful sanctuary and I was hoping that I was able to show you all these empty seats that how we are longing for you to be here. But sadly, our team uh, didn't prepare for that. We came for a recording and therefore it's a recording. I could have just given my sermon through recording. But if only if I could turn around and show you how this place, L5, is longing for you to be here. If only you can see all the empty seats and that we are waiting to be filled with each and every one of you. And that's what God has promised YM to be, that we will fill this place, that the sanctuary will be filled, that the seats will be filled because of God's purpose and destiny for us. And that is the amazing promise and the future that we are looking into that God has not forgotten. Even through this pandemic and this situation, and um, sadly, it's uh, MCO again, and it's a very challenging time. While it's important that we need to pray and play our part uh, in battling the COVID-19 situation. But it doesn't change the fact that how one day we will all come back together and fill this place and this sanctuary that we can worship God together, that we can honour God together. And so this morning is a great privilege. It's a great privilege for me um, in our anniversary celebration to share you a special word that I have. And so with that, let's pray. Let's bow our head and let's pray. But I also want to pray today for all of you who are listening that you will have a touch from God, that you will receive a miracle, that God will answer you today wherever you are, and that God will meet you. And so with that expectation as you listen, let's pray and look towards God and expect God to touch us wherever we are. Father, we thank you for this morning. It's a privilege that God, that we still can able to come and celebrate. It's a wonderful opportunity that we are able to, uh, even through this platform of online service, that we can able to tune in and listen and that we know that you are with us. This morning, I pray for your very presence to fill every home, everyone who's listening, our friends from overseas, our members who are studying in overseas who miss YM so much. We want to pray for all our partners of YM, we thank you for friends in Sarawak and Singapore and in India. We thank you for our friends in Philippines and all those who are listening in. I pray for your presence to be with them, to fill them, to touch them in a very powerful way. I ask that, Lord, that you will meet us this morning. And as we listen to you and as we put our hope in you, God, we thank you. 
you will do a miracle. We pray for every need. We pray for families. We pray that, Lord, in this situation, we ask that you will give us a breakthrough. I speak healing for those who need a touch of healing today. I pray for family restoration. I pray for work breakthrough. I pray that God are those who are concerned and worried about finance at this very moment. I pray for that blessing and breakthrough to come. That today you will inspire us. That today that you will encourage us. That today you will touch us from heaven. That many families that in need of you today will meet you, will receive their breakthrough and that God, that you have not forgotten us. And so I pray, as we listen to your word, we thank you that God, you are working even when we can't see you. You are working even when we cannot feel it. We thank you that your promises are yes and amen. And so this morning, I commit all of us into your hands and this service, praying that you will touch us, feel us, and we thank you for YM for all these many years, six years, for your goodness and faithfulness and your promises and the way you are leading and bringing us. We thank you for this ministry. We thank you for every member. We thank you for all those who are serving. We thank you that God for those who have faithfully contributed. We thank you, God, we thank you, God for many of our members in their tithes and offering has been given, giving believing for the extension of your kingdom. And so we thank God for all these wonderful YM people who are faithfully sowing into this kingdom of God. We pray that you bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, this morning, as our anniversary message, the word that I want to share with you and the title of today's morning, of our sermon today, is Moving Forward for the Kingdom is moving forward for the kingdom. And, and this is the word that I want to share with you. And the passage that I took is from the book of Hebrews. Actually, I'm reading to you the very last verses, verse 20 to 21. However, the message that I prepared is actually um, is going to draw from the whole book of Hebrews. And in all the 13 chapters, um, I'm going to draw uh, the word of God and the principle of it, but the focus today at these last two words as I share with you this morning. Let's read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul writes this letter to encourage the Christians. Actually, some were being persecuted and some were wavering in their faith. And so this whole letter was put together by Paul to encourage them. And one of the purpose of the book of Hebrews is to actually share with them that Jesus is enough that Jesus is the one, that only one, the true Son of God. And so you will see from, um, from the first chapter all the way coming together um, to chapter 13, you will see how um, he began to encourage them by, by telling them 
and convincing them that how it starts with Jesus. And then we come to the last chapter. And in this chapter, in the beginning of the verse, from, chapter, uh, from verse 1, verse 2 onwards, I'm just going to give you some uh, outline so that as I draw this principle, you get what is the big picture of this passage. In chapter 13, it starts by uh, loving one another, enduring in brotherly affection. He encouraged them, knowing who Jesus is and, and what Jesus do and who this Jesus is. At this end of the chapter, it talks about you start encouraging them. Don't forget that we need to love one another. Encourage them with your affection. And I think this is something that we have to do differently in the last one year. While we are not able to meet week after week after week physically and, and um, not able to encourage you in that level, but we cannot forget that we are ought to encourage one another with love. And then we are to show hospitality. We to love people who do not know Jesus Christ, people who do not know uh, the good news, you know, showing love to strangers. And this one year, uh, many of our YM uh, friends and leaders have been kind in their hospitality, in donating groceries, in helping through finances and I want to appreciate and thank our members and our leaders for doing that and then it talks about remember those who are uh, prison mistreated uh, remember those who are suffering remember those for the sake of the faith who are going through difficult time and at this juncture the whole world is going through difficult time and particularly India um, we have received a personal WhatsApp of our brothers and sisters and especially how pastors and leaders are going through a difficult time in India. And we want to remember them and encourage you to remember them in prayer. And then it goes on to say that, um, verse 7 to 14, remember your leaders, remember your saviour. And finally, it comes to this verse, the benediction. And this is the powerful thing that I want to share with you, how we ought to move forward. How I am to move forward for the kingdom of God. And I have three um, points to share with you today and drawing the principle from this whole chapter. The first thing I want to share with us as we move forward with the kingdom of God is this, that we got to move forward with the great shepherd. In verse 20, it talks about Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep. One of the things that YM is very secure and YM identity comes from is from uh, the great shepherd Jesus Christ and the book of Hebrews talk a lot about Jesus Christ as the great shepherd and for the benefit of uh, our friends who are joining in who haven't received Jesus Christ as your shepherd let me share with you this morning why Jesus the great shepherd and according to the book of Hebrew in chapter 1 onwards, it talks about Jesus Christ, the selected one. He's the chosen one from God. He's the superior one. He is all-sufficient, the Saviour, the Son of God. This is the great shepherd. And, and the work that he's done, which the book of Hebrews talk about how Jesus created all of us, and He's our Creator and He gives us our purpose and our destiny and He holds our future. And finally, when we die, 
we are to be with Him eternally in heaven. This is the great shepherd, the great shepherd that holds our future, the great shepherd who knows our destiny, the great shepherd who will draw us all back to Him one day. And as we move forward for the kingdom of God, we are moving forward as Jesus, as our chief commander of Jesus, as our shepherd. And the book of Hebrews then goes on to talk about, in chapter 4, the priest of God. Jesus is the high priest. Who he is, what he is, and how great he is as a high priest. And also talks about in chapter 7, that this Jesus is flawless. This Jesus is sovereign. That this Jesus, that's, you cannot find anything that is wrong with this shepherd. That's the perfect God we have. And he talks about Jesus. How he will care for us. How he will take care of us. And this is the great shepherd. And this morning, I want to address, moving forward, we got to move with Jesus, the great shepherd. Now this is where the application comes in. This is where the application comes in. Many of us who are listening, who have grown from children church, knows who this Jesus is. And we know with information and knowledge that He is the great shepherd. We know there is none like Him. We know that He is a sovereign God. We know that He is perfect. But in the one year of this pandemic, in this one year of pandemic, I have come across the challenges of the pandemic where with the situation that we are not able to come every week, a situation where church has changed in a different platform, in a situation where we are overwhelmed and tired, in a situation where we begin to slack in our walk with God, in our daily devotion, in a situation where we seem to be too overwhelmed with the work and the nature of pandemic came, you know, to still kill and destroy our mental health uh, in such a way that it brought many, many challenges. and what I call the spiritual recession for the last one year, I've heard many, many of our members who find themselves, I'm lost. I don't know what's the direction. What is the church vision? What is YM doing? What is going on? And come, seems to be in a place where they have lost. Seems to be in a place where they don't know the direction. And seems to be over and over again come to a place where they seem to be dry. While the environment is such that, you know, uh, our spiritual level seems to be dry, seems to be challenging, but I need to tell you that when you have the great shepherd, you cannot be lost. When you depend on the great shepherd, the great shepherd who is flawless, It doesn't make sense when the sheep is lost. Because that is not who He is. And this is where I want to encourage all of us to come back to that place. Is our total dependence on the great shepherd who actually tells, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in one. 
And instead of going in a place where we are lost and we are hoping that our leader will tell us something, we are hoping that our pastor will tell us something, we are hoping that somebody will come and feed us spiritually, that we need to come to a place of dependency that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in one. That's what this whole chapter is talking about, this flawless shepherd, this great shepherd. That while we thank God we have a church, we thank God we have a ministry, we thank God we have CGs, we thank God we have leaders, we thank God we have pastors. But we have to come to a place where we need to take personal responsibility with our own walk with God and come to a place that we are totally depend on the great shepherd because the great shepherd is flawless. Anyone following the great God, the perfect God cannot be lost because He has given us destiny and purpose. And this is how we ought to move forward because we have a flawless Saviour that we need to trust on the shepherd and depend on Him while we manage our expectation. I think the real problem over the one year that I found is our expectation. How come my leader never say anything to me? How come the pastor doesn't reach out to me? How come nobody tells me what's going on with YM? My dear friend, the vision and the mission will never change. Do you know what is the, what is the vision that will never change? If Jesus, if really the great shepherd Go make disciple. The Great Commission never changes. So, whether it's one week down the road, six months down the road, somebody will be like, what's the vision again? Huh? Where are we heading? Huh? Great Commission doesn't change because this is the Great Shepherd has given us this mandate. Great Commission doesn't change. In our church, that vision is being translated as the Antioch Church vision. And the last couple of years, we are moving with this M100 where making disciple doesn't change. Go make disciple. And in making disciples, number one, we take personal responsibility that in moving forward, my dear friends, that we are disciples of Jesus Christ. The pandemic doesn't change that. Our situation and environment doesn't change that. When you go through difficult time, your identity doesn't change. Because God, the shepherd, is same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. In years ahead, this is where we will still come back. Go make disciples. And so I want to encourage all of us, while you may be Christian for many years if you're still looking for someone to feed you, then look to Jesus. Because all the feeding that we need is in the Word of God. And the Bible says that in the beginning, He was the Word. And it was, it was with God. And He is that great shepherd. So where, where is our feeding coming from? It's from the great shepherd. And if we can only come to that place of depending on Him as the great shepherd, you will understand the answer for everything lies with Him because He's flawless. 
He's the perfect leader. The problem is that we have missed that and put our expectation in everywhere else. While, yes, we need leaders, CG, lessons is going on. We have pastors. While I must tell you that if you are just looking at once a week service as a form of feeding and your CG that only happens one hour a week as a form of your feeding, our diet doesn't consist of this twice a week, three times a week. Our real spiritual diet starts every single day how we come in our walk with God, with the real shepherd, the great shepherd. And this doesn't change. This is the unchanging thing. That every single day that I start my day depending on God, Oh, I feed myself every day with 10 chapters while I feed myself every day in reading and doing, um, uh, soaking myself in the presence of God. Today, there are many ways that you can spend time with God and come to that place that He is your great shepherd. Whether it's soaking, whether it's worship, whether it's journaling, whether it's reading, whether it's praying, whether it's just being quiet. These are many ways that you come back to that place where your relationship with your Saviour is secured. And if I can challenge you in such a way with this example uh, or my personal story, I hope that this will win your heart to change your perspective. That while we thank God, we belong in a church, we belong in a cell group, we belong in a ministry, we thank God for that. But we take personal responsibility in our spiritual growth, in our walk with God and our spiritual feeding because you have the great shepherd and you will not be in one. The last couple of years, I've been struggling with my um, stomach problem and, and many of you have heard this before. You know, um, and the situation is such that I have to cope with this sickness and these this challenges. And the last couple of years, it's been very challenging for me. You know, while uh, medically, there's not much of an option for me. And whatever option I have is not a 100% guarantee. And medically, I've been washed hand uh, that I, my body doesn't tolerate well with medication. And, and you know, and, and this is the challenge that I have to face. And this has been a real great challenge for me. While I have spent a lot of money trying to help myself cope with this and trying to get all the help I want. There was a turning point in how I cope with my personal challenge. I, I begin to tell myself that Jesus is my chief physician. And when I came to that place and begin to declare and start saying this, that Jesus is my doctor and Jesus is my physician and Jesus is my healer and Jesus is my restorer. As I struggle with my personal challenges, I begin to depend on God that He is my doctor. And things started to change the way I cope. Trust me, I'm still struggling it's still painful and it's still difficult and I've not been completely healed. But this is what I want to share with you. Every time I struggle, 
I begin to declare, Jesus is the doctor. And as I put my dependency on Him, that Jesus is the chief physician, Jesus is the chief surgeon, Jesus is the best doctor, I begin to find scriptures that say that God will settle me. God will take care of me. God will look after me. See, that's what the great shepherd, who He is, He will take care of me. He will look after me. He is the great doctor. And I begin to depend on God like that. I begin to see things change. As I begin to keep declaring that when I, every time I, I struggle, then God begin to bring things around. Then He begin to bring me, if I need to go and see a doctor, I found a good doctor who can help me as and when there's challenge. When I need someone to encourage me, you know, God begin to send strangers and people that will message me and, and encourage me and will pray for me. And while I, I, I begin to struggle and, and tell myself, God will know how to settle me, people started to come along my way, you know, whether it's a supplement or whether it's a natural way or whether I need to change my re, 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 uh, certain lifestyle and the things that I choose. God begin to send all these things. And that's where I begin to realize Jesus will settle me will take care of me. He is the chief physician. And instead, my dear friends, instead of my expectation, instead, being frustrated with my doctors because they can never help me. And instead of being resentful and bitter and angry because my doctor cannot help me, the pharmacist cannot tell me, the medicine cannot give me another option. And instead of whining and complaining, how come uh, nobody sent me a message uh, to say how I am doing? How come uh, I don't have any pastors reaching out to me and you know asking me how I'm doing? And instead of coming to that place where I begin to look to God as the perfect one who will take care of me, that's how I begin to avoid all this negativity and unnecessary doors, I call it for the enemy to come in and filtrate because he then starts putting resentment and anger and bitterness and disappointment because of expectation. And instead of I'm thinking, you know, why this person never do this for me? Instead of why my family never don't know how to settle my diet and do this and do that, I begin to look to God and everything else begin to come together. And this is how I want to address all of you today. And if you come to that place that you depend on the great shepherd, there will be no room to be angry towards your leader. There will be no room. Why my CG never messaged me? Why is my CG like this? Why are other people's CG all doing very well? No, my CG doesn't pray for me one. Instead, you will understand having a CG is a privilege. You have a leader, it's a privilege. You have the suckiest pastor ever. It's a privilege and blessing. You know why? Do you know, compared to those who don't even have Jesus and know Jesus, how do you then categorize what is loss? Someone who have known Jesus all their life, since birth, and finding themselves being lost and no direction, or someone who don't even know who Jesus is? And this is where I want to encourage that if I can convince and win your heart that Jesus is enough, Jesus is your best shepherd, Jesus is the great 
pastor. He is the great doctor. He is the great healer. He is the great counsellor for me. When I'm down and discouraged, He is the great counsellor. Sometimes He sends the right people, sometimes it's just suffering. And that's fine. Then I trust God. If He allows me to go through this pain and suffering, I trust God. See, this is how I come to terms with the many things that is not within my preference and my control. Because I begin to declare God is sovereign. He is the great shepherd. So instead of being bitter and angry with what's going on in this country and how certain decisions are made, instead of criticizing people on my Instagram and putting it on my IG and you know how upset I am with this person and how these people never meet the expectation and why these leaders are not like this, like this, like this, like this, I begin to turn my focus to God. You know why? It helps me not to be negative. It helps me not to fall far away. And this is why I want to let you know, Jesus is enough, my dear friends. If you are listening this morning and wherever you are, and need to come to that place and rededicate yourself and come to a place of this dependency, Jesus is the great shepherd. With Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you can move forward. You can march forward. He will know how to lead you and guide you and bring you forward. Only you come to that place of totally dependent on Him. See, the problem in the couple of uh, months, the pandemic has brought us to a place where we shifted our priorities. Where we realized online gaming is far more better to de-stress from our mental wellness. We realized that, you know, um, playing games and watching some drama series that bring us high and low. How many of us during this pandemic, as overwhelming it is, we like to watch some movies and drama series as a way of us coping. Some indulge in online games. Some got into addiction. Some... No matter what, the government come up with rules, die, die, we have to go cafe hopping, we need to eat with somebody in the cafe because without that coffee and ice cream and the cake, our soul will go to hell. And then we become third party you know, uh, exposure and, and fourth party exposure and close contact exposure because no matter what, we have to go out somewhere and come back. And we have put our priority in all these things instead of running to the great shepherd. When God says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, you shall lack nothing, the perfect God keeps to his work, then how can you lack anything? And even if we are lacking at the moment, seem to be lacking, I seem to be lacking in my miracle. But that's not true. There must be a reason that God allows me to go through this. And therefore, I find the way to cope with this is to trust and rely on Him. And I hope this encourages you. I hope this will bring you to a place where you need to shift your focus. And this brings me to the second point. When you have the great shepherd, my second point today is that we got to move forward by being, by being equipped to do His will. 
what the verse actually talks about is that having this knowledge, knowing that Jesus is the great shepherd, we are to be equipped to do His will. The actual word for equipping here is that um, it speaks of people for their intended task. In moving forward, we got to be equipped to do what God wants us to do. is to be ready. To equip means to furnish whatever qualities are necessary to perform the Great Commission. To equip means is to supply. And where does this equipping come from? God. God. Let me read to you. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in the righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word. Guess what, my dear friends? The Bible actually says that the word of God is enough for us to be equipped for every good work. While conferences and training and SETs, all these are wonderful things that we need to be equipped. But the basic thing that you must understand, the Word of God is enough. And this is what the Scripture says. In fact, the adjective used in 2 Timothy 3.17 describes that we are to do good work and, to, and we are to do every good work. And that's what it means. And by the way, the good work here must come under the category of doing His will. And if you are wondering, which is the, always the famous question, what is God's will today? Let me answer you. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, talks about God's will is to be like Jesus because He came to do God's will. If you're still unsure what is God's will, book of Hebrew tells us, look at Jesus. He came to do God's will and we are all to be like Jesus. What is God's will? So that all may come to know Him through Jesus Christ, the Saviour. God's will is the great commission. My dear friends, the great commission is about making disciples. It's not about the great fellowship. It's not so much about the great encouragement. It's not about anything else. It's the great commission that we are to do God's will and literally make disciple. While some of us enjoy discipleship from book studies to book studies to Bible studies, great. But never forget that it's just one part of the Great Commission. The other part of making disciples that you got to move out and share the good news. That is also part of God's will. We share the good news one hand, the other hand we make disciples. We read the Word of God, we grow in the Word of God and we move forward with the Word of God by serving others. That's what Jesus did, didn't He? He didn't come here to have all the Bible study and between Him and God and nobody else will be benefited. He came with the Word of God so that you are called to be a blessing to others. 
And if you are doing Bible study, it should equip us how to serve another person. How do we be a blessing to another person? Whether to encourage them, whether to share the Word of God with them, whether to teach them rightly how to apply the Word of God. Application is so important. If not, we are all fascinated with knowledge that doesn't prove any fruits. And realize to do the will of God is to obey the great commandment. And this is translated differently in YM. Over the one year, we've realized that with this pandemic, we, we are not able to meet and all that, with online and all that. Discipleship now move in a small group. That in a community that we encourage one another with the Word of God. In a community, we begin to reach out to others. In a community, we go and help those who are struggling. In a community, we share the good news. That's the will of God. Because God's heart is for those who do not know Him. While well, one side, we need to be encouraged, strengthened, grow in the Word. The other side, that needs to be also translated, reaching out, be a blessing. Even if they don't come to know Jesus Christ, do the good work according to what the Scripture says. Show goodness, show love, be the salt and light. Whether you are called in the marketplace to make disciples in the marketplace or in your college, through our example, through the words that we speak, that we are to do the will of God by making Him known and to know Him. And this is translated in our action. And dear friends, this is the best time for you to be equipped in the Word of God. This is the time where it really tells us that you cannot just rely on another person. You have to take responsibility and find yourself to be equipped. While here in our church, we have SETs, we have small groups. If you need to be equipped, in, knowing to, in wanting to know how to do evangelism, there are ways to do that. If you need to be equipped how to run Alpha, there are ways to that. If you need to be equipped how to make disciples, there are ways to that. And we have all that training going on. You just need to step out and find ways where you are in your season and be equipped. For me, it was a wonderful privilege in the last one year to be equipped in many areas that I was looking forward because the moment we hit pandemic, a lot of things was online. I no need to travel, no need to go here and go there, can do it in the comfort of online. And the best part was, a lot of things was FOC, free, no need to pay. And so I took the opportunity to be equipped in any way and every way I can. Of course, I started by going for online classes, how to use the handphone, how to take pictures, how to do recording, how to do uh, 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 editing. And of course, it was not my passion and I just told myself, it's like this, somebody who wants to die, die, want to sing but cannot sing. We just have to move forward on other things. And I decided and found my passion in helping people. And so I got myself equipped. But this is where I am. Where are you? In what area do you need to be equipped? Do you know that? That you got to do the will of God. Whether in the marketplace, whether in your college, whether at home, we are to do the will of God. And today, you can make disciples. You can disciple another person. You can encourage another person. You can sow the seed of goodness to another person. You can do good work. That doesn't stop. 
but we cannot lose our focus. We cannot lose our focus. I want to read this 2 Corinthians verse 9. The same author who wrote this book, right? Because I began to draw. Where do I see some more good works besides Ephesians? 2 Corinthians verse 9, verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let me read that again. God is enough to qualify you, to equip you, that you will be good enough in all things. Let me repeat that. All things according God's will for you. All things at all times. So that you will be good at doing His will. And you will only come to that place if you know Him as your great shepherd if you are secured in your walk with God as with the great shepherd and you're walking towards his will, God will make his grace abound to you. He will equip you. He will strengthen you. He will stand with you so that in all things and in all work, you can do the will of God. So nobody, even a new believer, doesn't lack in equipping because God is the one who do that. Whether it comes in the form of SET, whether it comes that you need to reach out to your leaders or you need to reach out to your pastors, you need to reach out to us and to let us know what area you want to be equipped. But it's all available. You have to take this responsibility moving forward to do the Great Commission. You've got to be equipped. And it's about God's will, my dear friend. That's why we always emphasize, I always emphasize, if you're in the marketplace, make sure you're doing the will of God. Because if you have the great shepherd guiding you and equip, equipping you in the marketplace, you won't feel dry. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I will not lack anything. In a marketplace, you know, you won't feel overwhelmed and wanting to give up unless you are in the wrong field and it's not in the will of God, it is not in the purpose of God and that's where you need to keep on running to God and discern, Lord, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Am I following you? Is this the way to move forward? And then you find God will equip you. Do we have challenges in doing the will of God? Yes. Will you feel frustrated? Yes. Are there moments that you will be down? Yes. Doing God's will is not easy, but the scripture tells us all grace will be made abound to you. God's grace is enough. And so with that, my final point this morning is to move forward with Him, working in you through what pleases Him. The way to move forward is that God needs to work in you and through you. But to come to that place, my dear friends, you need to allow God to work in you. This is where I find lots of challenges. I find some people are stuck where they are because they don't want to work, work it. They just don't want. They want to go around it, go over it, go underneath. They don't want to plow through it. you got to allow God to work with you. One of the most powerful things 
that stops God working in us is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, Throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. My dear friend, sin is what stops us from God working in us and especially to do what pleases Him. When we begin to grieve the Holy Spirit, when we begin to do things against God's rule and command, this is what entangles us and hinders us from God working in us and through us. One of the things that the book of Hebrew talks about is sin. And the book of Hebrew gives sin in this definition. First one, it talks about transgression. You know what is transgression? Transgression is basically rebelling against God. You know something is wrong, you rebel purposely. The best thing I can give you example is this. There are unnecessary traffic lights anywhere, everywhere. And then where there's red light and you know you're supposed to stop just because people don't see, you purposely rebel, go against the traffic light so that it will be easy and convenient with you. That is what rebellion is all about. You know it's wrong and yet you do it. You rebel against God. That is one form of sin. You know you're supposed to spend time with God. You know you're supposed to read your word. You know you're supposed to be walking with God. But yet, we put our priority elsewhere. That's transgression. The next one, the book of Hebrew talks about iniquity. You know what is iniquity? Iniquity talks about all the moral values that is wrong. You know what is morally wrong? When you serve the great shepherd and you know that God is holy, then we shouldn't be watching things that is not morally right. See, that's where we compromise. What is morally not right? From the things that we watch, from the things that we hear, that is morally not right. You know, we get carried away. You think you're watching all the drama series and all the movies online and you think it's okay. And that's why you've got to understand you have a holy God. Therefore, I cannot be watching horror movies, right? Morally is against the principle and the faith that I have. I cannot be watching movies that has sexual sin and immorality inside, right? Because that doesn't represent the holy God, isn't it? I cannot be listening to, to secular music all the time that its words and the nature of it doesn't reflect the holiness of who God is. And therefore, I have to make a choice to be holy before God so that these kind of things doesn't entangle and choke me from doing the will of God. That's why we have got to make difficult choices on what we watch and what we hear. And if it, it if shows things that is unmorally, something that is not right, we got to stop. We got to cut off and not indulge in it. Oh, it's entertainment, so it's fine. It's arts, it's media, so it's okay to watch nude. It's music. And we cannot discern 
But this is what Hebrews chapter 12 says. Be very careful. They easily entangle you and catch you. Then God cannot work in you and through you. So this is where I want to challenge many of us. Some of you have picked up unhealthy habits during this pandemic. For whatever reason, we have gone online to the other extreme. We like to read things that morally is not good. We're watching series that is morally not good. We're watching movies that is morally not good. We get involved in violent online game, which is morally not good. And these are the things that entangle us. And this is what iniquity means. Finally, there's this word sin that talks about everything and anything that is wrong against the Word of God. If the Word of God says it's wrong and the principle of God says it's wrong and His commandment, we don't obey, that is another type of sin that we got to be careful, that we don't realize that we not prioritizing God every day and put our priority in cafe hopping, fellowship with our friends, watching movies. This is what another word, idolatry. Because God no longer your priority. Devotion and spending time with God is not the priority. We begin to switch to other things. And then you realize why God is not working in and through us. And I want to share this children's story. It's a children's story. It's a magical uh, story that only talks about illustration, right? And I'm not sure you have heard this, but let me tell this story that I tell to children to help them understand. And so, in this magical land, there was a monkey sitting on a magical tree. And the monkey was sitting in the mag magical tree and taking a rest. Now comes three different kind of wind and they begin to talk to one another and says, let's challenge. So you have the hurricane, you have the whirlwind, and you have the soft wind. They came together and they challenged each other, who can knock this monkey from its branch? And so came this hurricane, you know, very proud. I'm very strong. I'm very powerful. I use water and turn around and, 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 and destroy things. And so the hurricane came and with all its might and strength came towards the monkey to knock the monkey off the branch. Because the monkey realized the hurricane is coming with all its might, it hold on to the magical tree. So as hard as the hurricane came with the waters and with the wind, first round failed, second round failed, third round failed, the monkey was still holding tight to the tree. So the hurricane lost. Then came the whirlwind. As this wind began to go round and round and round and round and round and came with all its might towards the monkey, it tried to knock the monkey down. First round failed. Second round failed. Third round failed. Then came this soft wind. And the wind was so soft it came so softly towards the monkey, it felt good. It was wonderful. And so the monkey began to relax. 
Then came a second round, this soft wind again went towards the monkey. As the second round, the soft wind came very subtly towards the monkey. The monkey was so relaxed, so good, that the monkey fell asleep and fell down the tree. And this is the moral of the story today. We won't murder. Some of us know telling lies is wrong. Some of us know stealing is wrong. But we let our guard down in all these subtle things. Bitterness. Resentment. Negativity. You know how finally people fall because they allow too much negative things in their feelings, in their thinking. Finally, I've seen how negative things knocks people away from God's destiny, from God's future, from the shepherd's guidance. They are knocked away because all these things started to come subtly and make them feel good. And this is why I take very serious in all these small, small things that creeps its way and make you feel good. And it comes in the form of Netflix. It comes in the form of online game. It comes in the form of that we are always angry because our leaders never meet our expectation. And we don't know what's going on. We are always blaming others. We allow all this to brew in us. Finally, it comes and entangles us, knocks us out from the will of God. And this is what I want to encourage all of you to be very careful. Because these are the small things that creeps and takes us away from the Saviour. Not that God cannot save us. Not that God cannot rescue us. That we have given our free will. You know, you have given your free will to the enemy in a form of sin. In the form of transgression in the form of morally not right, in the form of negativity, in the form of bitterness and angry and resentfulness, in the form of not wanting to submit, rebellious. That's what the scripture talks about in chapter 13. As much as I don't like how the rules and regulation has come out with this um, new situation in this country, I'm very unhappy but I submit. I don't rebel. I follow SOP. If there's no need for me to go to the crowded places, I won't. And this is why I need to encourage you. If you want to move forward, my dear brothers and sisters, and in my conclusion in today's message, all of us in YM, all of us in YM have a great destiny and promises from God. And when all of us respond to that and all of us align together to that, we will come to a place where we begin to reap His blessing. It's not a superficial thing, oh YM, I am part of YM. And God promised YM to be a place of blessing, then I will be blessed so that I will be a blessing not just to YM, but what pleases God. With the great shepherd guiding and leading us towards His will and His direction, 
we are to move forward with the calling. You might not agree with whatever that is going on. You may have your own preference, but if you realize that Jesus is the head of this ministry and Jesus is the head of this church, then we will learn to depend on Him and see how God guides us to the Great Commission. And if we all move forward for the kingdom of God, then we will see the glory of God in and through us for the many people that needs to be touched, transformed, healed and saved. If you've been watching our episodes over the week of all the beautiful testimonies that YM has done in obedience to be a great impact, you would understand that there are many people outside need this kind of touch from God. There are many people outside need to belong to a positive group of people. There are many young people outside who don't know the great shepherd and they need to understand. They need someone who is secured. They need someone who is flawless. And that is Jesus. And only if we can understand that YM, that God has put us together not for a showcase, not for a gift of talents, not just for numbers, but we are called to be blessing for all the young people that they will find their ways in knowing God. And that's why we go with that focus. What do we do? What are we doing? How are we making disciples? So that other young people will come to know this flawless God. In our CG, in our events, in our activity, it's all about making God know, known to everyone. While we need to know God ourselves, we are also called to make Him known and that we cannot lose this focus. In all our events, CGs and our activity, when He's God-centered, we will see Him leading and guiding us. We won't come to a place where we are stale, where we are boring, where we are frustrated, where we have lost our passion and then we blame the CG and the church and everybody else because, you know, they are not happening. But instead of coming back to God, where He is the most happening God of all. And so with that, I would like to ask that we make as a ministry dedicate ourselves to the purpose and the will of God that we are ready to move forward and the only way to go forward is with Jesus equipped to do His will allow Him to work in you and do what pleases Him